Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Keep You 100 Radio. It's been a while. I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since I've gotten to just sit down and record an episode and like hang out with you. So that's exactly what I want to do today. I want to just sit and record a very real and personal episode. Um, To be very frank, there's just been a lot of shit happening this week that I'm like, I need to just like sit down and record this because I know I'm not the only one that has experienced a week like this. And when I created this podcast, yes, I want it to be a place where you can go to for education and, you know, learning experiences. But one thing that I realized when I was diagnosed with diabetes and even just in the almost 10 years that it's been is one of my main struggles has been finding a place that is very real. Like you can go anywhere on any whatever podcast platform that you're listening to right now, you can go on it and search diabetes and you will find dozens, hundreds of podcasts that give you education. They're talking to experts. They're giving you strategies. They're talking about all the diet tips. And that's great, right? We need more of that education. We need more of those conversations. But one thing that I struggled with was that I could never really find those spaces where I could just talk about diabetes in a really free and uncensored manner. Everything always felt like it had to be very um, like structured, like you're listening to a conversation and it's very like, you know, very scientific about diabetes, but no one's talking about the real life shit, right? Like no one's talking about the really hard weeks. Nobody's talking about like putting education in a very relatable way. So when I created Keeping 100 Radio, that's exactly what I wanted it to be. Those real conversations around education, real life application, and just real life moments that are happening every second. Because that's, to me, that's what I needed. And I know that if you're listening, that's probably something that you need to. So this episode is definitely going to be one of those very like personal, real, raw, um, like chats about just living with diabetes and how the past week has been and just like some mindset around it. And if that's something that you need, then I would, you know, I'm so happy that you're here. I know that if it's something that I need, usually it's something that somebody else needs too. I would love for this to be kind of like a conversation. Like I'm talking to you, like I'm talking to my best friend on the phone. That's kind of like how I'm approaching this conversation today. That's how I approach most of these podcasts. So if you are new here, then that was a long-winded intro to saying welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. If that is what you were looking for, then, uh, you know, this is your place. Then go ahead and hit the subscribe button, the follow button, and, you know, stay tuned for this episode and more. If you are not new here, welcome back. I love talking to you guys every, you know, every month, every week. And whatever conversations you find the most useful, I'd love to know. You can go ahead and message me on Instagram at needles and spoons underscore and just let me know like what topics you want to hear about, what type of conversations you liked the most. And like that's the content that I'll keep creating. Um, but this is a really weird week. Um, it's a weird day specifically. When I'm recording this, it is Friday, September 8th. It's literally like 1.30 in the afternoon and it's the day before my 29th birthday. Now, this is not a weird 
day because it's the day before my 29th birthday. Not that I'm approaching 30 soon in a year. (laughs) That's kind of scary as it is. But because it's the day before my 29th birthday, this is like when I reflect back to 10 years ago this weekend or this week, this was my last birthday that I experienced normalcy, if we want to call it that. I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 19. So when I was turning 19, you know, that was my first birthday in college. I literally just moved to Penn State. So I had probably been there for about two weeks now. And this was the first birthday that I had been away from home. Um, This was the first birthday that I had been, you know, without all of my high school friends. And on the opposite end of this, this was the last normal birthday with a quote-unquote healthy body that had quote-unquote nothing wrong with it. And when I reflect back on that, you know, over the 10 years, one, I've been diagnosed with diabetes, but I've also been diagnosed with Crohn's. I am borderline, uh, you know, either have Hashimoto's or or Graves' disease. They're not sure which one it'll be, but I have the antibodies for both. So we are patiently washing, patiently watching for whichever it'll be. And um, my endo is just basically like, hey, it's a ticking time bomb. We don't know when it'll happen, but it'll happen. So thinking about, you know, the diagnoses and the doctor's offices and just the new way that I've had to look at my own body over the last 10 years, it just feels like a really weird place to be in. I'm in a place of celebration that it's been 10 years. Well, I mean, it'll be formally 10 years in February, but you know, it's, let's just say it's been 10 years since looking at my body this way. And there's been so much growth and celebration and opportunity to get curious about my body and learn more about it. And I'm so thankful for that. But it's also a really weird sense of mourning and grief all over again. And this week, I think really kind of made me reflect more on that than maybe any other week, just given the circumstances that I'll kind of talk about. But it's weird. It's just, I'm so excited to get older. I'm so excited for my 30s. But the reason why I say that I've been reflecting more on this over the past week is because if you've been watching my Instagram stories and you know that this week was just a really difficult one diabetes-wise. It was just one of those weeks where nothing wanted to go right. Now, I'm a type of person that I really don't try to dwell on my blood sugars. I would say I'm pretty confident in my decision making. I am always willing to troubleshoot and get curious when something doesn't work out. However, this week, that was not the mindset. And I will be completely transparent about that because it was just a rough one. Um, so for some background context, last week, my husband, my husband is a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Bruce Springsteen, if you happen to be listening, listening to this podcast episode, call my husband. He loves you. Um, I don't think that'll happen, but he went to two of the shows, uh, that were in New Jersey with his mom. They're diehard Bruce fans. They were on the floor and he was supposed to go to his third show. 
on Sunday, but unfortunately we had to sell those tickets because he had gotten sick. Now, this wasn't COVID. He got tested for everything and it turned out to be a sinus infection, but we think it was just basically like he wore his body out so much that week. He had to teach drum lessons, uh, play a gig. He's a drummer then go to a Bruce show. The next day he was at the firehouse. And then the day after that, he was back at a Bruce show. So it's just literally like, and they're not just the people who would go to the show at like 7 p.m. They are in line at 9 a.m. So this was an all day event for him. So he was just exhausted by the end of the week. And his body obviously felt that. So he got a sinus infection. And obviously like the good wife that I am, I was, you know, with him all weekend, taking care of him and hanging out. But we know how that goes. I ended up getting sick too. I ended up getting sick. Nothing I couldn't power through. Like I took the week off of the gym and I still showed up to work every day and everything. But the biggest toll that it took was on my blood sugars. I did not realize how hard my body was fighting until I saw my blood sugars every day (laughs) this past week. And I am talking like I was pretty much living in like the 200 like to high 200s 300s every day i would have a few short hours where i was in range and then as soon as i ate i would be back over 250 now keep in mind this is with a lot of hydrating this is with me getting all of my steps in in a day and this was with very long pre-boluses i pre-bolused at least 40 minutes almost for every single meal and still within the next hour i was 250 and above and i cannot tell you how frustrated I was by the end of the week because no matter how many corrections I took no matter how long I would go walking I literally walk on my walking pad for about an hour I would take my dogs for a walk for another hour and I would just barely scratch the surface of being in range and like I know if you're listening like you live with diabetes and you get this and honestly if you don't live with diabetes you're probably listening to this because you love somebody with diabetes and I I'm honestly really grateful that you're here listening because I think it's so important for you to get this perspective because some things that I'll go into is just the way that I felt about like my husband's understanding and everything. And we'll talk about that in in later in the episode. But yeah, so basically very, very rough week blood sugar wise. At one point yesterday, I had gotten so frustrated because I woke up, I did a, an hour-long pre-bolus for my breakfast, the same breakfast that I have every single morning. I took two additional units for this breakfast, which for me should have been plenty. And then in the next hour, I was 2.60. And I stayed at 2.60 until just about 8 p.m. So you can imagine my frustration when at that point I did not eat all day because I was trying so hard to pre-bolus and waiting for, trying to correct and wait for it to come down before eating and just nothing was working. Again, got on my walking pad for an hour. It did nothing. By 8 p.m., I was completely and utterly defeated. Around noon yesterday, I did reach out to my endocrinologist because I was like, I, you know, again, my I'm very hands-on with my management. I self-manage all the time. It's pretty rare that I even reach out to my endo. She's amazing, but I really don't need to reach out for her unless it's for prescriptions. Even at my appointments, there's really not much that we talk about just because she trusts me with how much I understand my body and am able to like troubleshoot through different scenarios. So I did reach out to her and I was like, hey, I'm doing the 50%, like I'm doing a 50% temp basal. I am doing an hour long pre-bolus. I am doing the corrections. I am walking. I'm hydrating. 
and nothing is working. Is there anything I can be doing differently? And keep in mind, this was also with site changes and this was also with injections with a syringe. So I didn't, I really tried to leave no room for error here of like devices or technology. And uh, she got back to me pretty much right away, which is not something that you'd expect with your endocrinologist. And she was like, oh my goodness, like, you know, she gave me some tips of what to change my settings to. I, I changed my carb ratio for the added resistance. I changed my correction factors. And the last thing that she suggested was, you know, if this continues, we'll put you on metformin, which that <laughs> I was just like, this is so like the traditional healthcare system. Like I, I know that I'm seeing the insulin resistance because of my, being sick. And then the one thing I didn't mention was that I'm very close to my period. I'm in my luteal phase, which if you've listened to our other episodes, you know exactly what that means. Increased progesterone means increased insulin resistance. So between those two things and then the holiday weekend, it was just, you know, all hell breaking loose. So I was kind of upset by that piece of advice just because I not there's nothing wrong with metformin. If your body needs metformin, your body needs it. But for me, I had just kind of like left this to being a very temporary thing because of what my body was being put through that I just wasn't expecting her to put that suggestion out. But I did take her advice with my insulin settings and made those changes. And eventually at 8 p.m., would you know it? My blood sugar finally came down. Like it came down into range and I was finally ready to eat dinner. It's like, thank goodness. My husband being the angel that he is made me chicken noodle soup. And even after that, I actually ended up going low. Once I went low after dinner, wouldn't you imagine I did not stop going low. That low just never went away. After eating my dinner, I was like, all right, I'm definitely lacking calories today. I will make my protein shake that I normally would have had for lunch. Made my protein shake. And this thing is packed. This thing, milk, yogurt, protein powder, mixed berries, and a banana. Like I knew that there was enough carbs in it. That didn't do anything for my blood sugars. I did bolus for it, but it didn't do anything. It didn't raise them. If anything, I just kept going low. Now, here I am thinking, well, this made sense. You know, it's very high protein. It's probably taking a while to digest, but no, literally until four in the morning, I would go up to about like 80, come back down to like 40, 80, 40, 80, 40. I was up all night. I had four packs of fruit snacks, a juice. And then by the last low, I was like, I'm going downstairs, getting a cup of chocolate milk and pausing my basil, which during this time, before I went to bed, I'd pause my basil for about two to three hours. And finally, that brought me up at like four in the morning, hovered around 180 until I woke up. So all to say, like this week if <laughs> was just very frustrating blood sugar wise. And I know like if you're listening, you've had this type of week too, right? It's nothing that I'm getting hard on myself for because I know it's circumstantial. I know that it's just what my body was going through. And I did my best with the information that I had and the added stress that was on my body. Yesterday, I was just at my peak point of frustration. Every time I looked at my blood sugar, it was like being re-triggered because I would just look at the number and it was like 260 just about every single time. And then when it wasn't high, it was low and it was low for hours. And it made me really realize I had been, <laughs> just about this whole week, I had been testing my two best diabetes friends, Amanda and Val. 
And I was just always, I was constantly sending them screenshots and just voicing my frustration. And that was really comforting because I had people who got it. And at one point, I was just really frustrated that there are people who will never get it. One of these people being my husband. My husband is so understanding. He, you know, the second I show him my blood sugar, he does whatever he can to comfort me. He scratches my back. He will get me water. He, you know, if I'm low, he'll get up and get me a juice, whatever I need. He is so supportive. However, I've had this conversation with a lot of my my clients as well. And there's just, if you don't live with diabetes, you will never understand the mental capacity that it eats up every day. And you'll never understand the physical feeling of how it feels. And don't get me wrong, it's not that I ever want my loved ones to understand what this is like, right? Like I've always said, I'm so grateful that out of anybody in my family that it was me that was diagnosed. I can take the hits. I know that I have the mental toughness for it. I know that I somewhat have the patience for it. And I just know that I can use it to become a better version of myself. However, there's still that added layer of that no matter how much you try to explain it, the person in front of you just will never actually get it. They can sympathize, but they'll never truly be able to empathize. And I don't know why, but yesterday, the only analogy I could come up with was comparing checking your blood sugars with checking the time. Now, I know that doesn't really fully encompass all the responsibility that comes with your blood sugars, but I was just trying to get my point across of like, imagine before every single thing that you do, you have to check the time and make sure that it's the exact right time. Imagine every time that you wake up, you are checking the time. You're waking up in the middle of the night and you're checking the time. Before you eat, you need to check the time and then wait 15 or 20 minutes before you check the time again. Before you work out, you need to check the time. When you're in the middle of a work meeting, you're constantly checking the time. When you are, you want to go out for a drive or you have to run an errand or you have an appointment to get to, you are constantly checking the time and making sure you are exactly on time minute by minute. And I think it kind of hit a little bit because he was like, you know, I, I get it. Like at least he understood the mental, like the mental capacity that living with diabetes really takes up. And he really tried to sympathize and just understand. But I think I was at such a point of peak frustration and burnout yesterday that that wasn't quite enough for me. And that this is and this is no fault to my husband because again, there's only a certain level that he will ever truly understand. But the thing that most frustrated me is that for people who don't live with diabetes, it is something that is out of sight, out of mind. If we are not telling somebody about our blood sugars, if our alarms aren't going off on their Deathcom follow, if we're not sitting there drinking a juice box, they would never know what's happening in our bodies. And they would never know the mental load that it's eating up at any given time. And just in that moment, it felt really unfair. Now, I don't know if that makes me selfish for thinking that. Because again, like I mentioned, I never want any of my loved ones to really experience this. But it just felt unfair that at any given moment, we have 10 plus thoughts about diabetes. We're constantly thinking about where our blood sugar is, where it's trending, how much insulin we have on board, when our next meal is, how much activity we're doing. And the person that might be sitting right next to you 
just doesn't have to think about it. And they don't know anything about it until it comes up in conversation. They can mute those thoughts at any given time, whereas we will never get a day off. And I think it was one of those days where it just really, really hit that this is a lifelong diagnosis and there are no days off. And that felt really exhausting. It just felt really daunting. And again, I'm somebody who really carries myself quite well when it comes to diabetes. I do not let it get in my way from doing anything I want to do. But that felt so heavy yesterday. And I know that you've probably had one of those days too. Now, I realize that some of this is pretty heavy and there is some of that background voice in my head kind of saying like, hey, you're supposed to be a positive voice in this community. You're supposed to be a coach and a mentor. Like, how dare you be sharing about high blood sugar weeds and a poor diabetes mindset? And I think this is something that I kind of want to open up and say, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be the Gandhi of diabetes and you're still going to have a rough blood sugar day. You're still going to have a rough week where you do kind of feel the burnout. And I think the difference is that this week compared to 10 years ago, these moments are happening a lot less frequently, like significantly less frequently. I had hit a point four years into my diagnosis where I hated my body. I resented it so much. I resented diabetes so much. I didn't want to look at my blood sugars. I wanted to ignore that it was there. And I realize now that that could be the way that I approach diabetes all of the time. But in reality, it's not. And that's because of the work that I've done on my blood sugar management, my relationship with food, my relationship with my body, and my relationship with type 1 diabetes. So I don't think that I should feel guilty or ashamed of bringing conversations like this to light. I think if anything, it normalizes it and it says it's okay to have these moments, but also just realize that it doesn't have to feel like this all the time. It's okay that I have the days or the weeks where I feel this way. And if anything, I'm going to let myself feel it. Whereas before, I would feel it for months at a time and I would try my hardest to ignore it. So I think it just goes to show that if you're feeling these things, you're just human. If you're a human living with diabetes, you're going to have high blood sugars. If you're a human living with diabetes, you're going to face burnout. If you're a human living with diabetes, sometimes you're going to get a little pissed off that your partner or your family member doesn't get it. It doesn't make you a bad diabetic. It makes you a human. And honestly, even on these hard days, I'm still grateful for diabetes and all that it's brought into my life. I'm still grateful that it's allowed me to learn more about my body and get curious about my body. And honestly, I feel stronger in my body than I ever did in those 19 years living without diabetes. That's because I chose to get curious. It's because I chose to not look at it with judgment. It's because I chose to learn about my body from the inside out. And that's what helped me learn more about my blood sugar patterns. So even though this episode was a little heavy, we are celebrating this weekend. So like I mentioned, tomorrow I turn 29. So we want to celebrate by giving you 29% off of all of our digital masterclasses and mini courses available on needlesandspoons.com. So if you are somebody who is like, I really want to start learning more about those unconventional topics that my doctor is not talking about, things like cycle tracking, strategy for working out, even baking with diabetes, 
interpreting my own data so I can use that to make intentional and informed decisions, then this is your sign to grab those masterclasses on needlesandspoons.com because you can get them for as little as $25. If you're somebody who has been interested in what we teach inside of Keep You 100, then this is huge for you too because you get 29% off of our Keep 100 self-paced program. So literally every single training that we have available inside of Keep 100, that is yours that you can take at your own pace for 29% off. This is only available until September 10th at midnight. So if you haven't already, go to needlesandspoons.com, go to our masterclasses and mini courses and use the code BIRTHDAY to take that 29% off. When you do, I will be shouting you out on my Instagram stories. Thank you so much for embracing my vulnerability on this platform. I love these conversations with you, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. You can leave a review on whatever listening platform that you are listening to. If you're feeling feeling nice, five-star review. Let me know what you think and send me a DM so I know what conversations that you are enjoying so I can create more content. I will see you on our next episode.